Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission here at Heritage is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for each other. I hope and pray that the message you're about to hear does that for you. And remember, you're always welcome here at Heritage Community Church. Let me thank you for the privilege, thanking God and Pastor Chris and you for the privilege being able to share God's word with you this morning. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter number five. The book of Luke, chapter number five. Luke is the writer of this book, a physician that was uh, paid to write this particular book. And he began to record down the events of Jesus Christ and the things that happened in his life. If you go to chapter number one, of this book, it deals with the announcement of Jesus' birth. Go to chapter 2. That's the verse we always read on Christmas Eve. Chapter 2 talks about Jesus being born. After he was born, he visited at the age of 12 the temple where he frightened the life out of his mom and dad because they left him and did not realize he was still there. If you read the chapter, and he was there conversing with the leadership of the people, talking to them. They thought he was one of the smartest kids they'd ever heard in their life. They never realized who they really had in their presence. In that same chapter, people wonder about this. What happened between the age of 12 and the age of 30? It says it in verse 30, 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in the favor with God and with men. If you go to chapter number three, he now turns at the age of 30. He begins his ministry, Jesus does. And there in chapter three is when he was baptized by John in the river of Jordan. What an exciting experience. And God spoke out and said, this is my beloved son and whom I well please. Chapter four. As we go to chapter four, we find out that he is led by the spirit into the wilderness there he fasted and was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, and Satan tried his best to overcome him. But Jesus overcome Satan by the word. He quoted the word over and over again, and he overcame Satan by that. Also in that particular chapter, he visited the temple, I mean, the temple in the city of Nazareth where he grew up. In that particular chapter, it speaks about how he read the scripture. And then stood and said, this scripture is fulfilled now. He announced the facts of who he really, really was. Also in that chapter, you see many great miracles taking place. And it's in that chapter where, we, where he heals Peter's mother-in-law. What a dynamic chapter. Now we're going to chapter number five. And as we go to chapter number five, I want you to read it with me. It's on the screen. Let's say it together. And it came to pass as the people pressed upon him. To hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And we entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left uh, speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had, had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets break. And they, began, they beckoned unto their partners, which were on the other, other, excuse me, other ships. And they soon came and helped them. 
And they came and filled both of the ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were with him at the drought of fish which they had taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the word of God. Let us bless him for it. I want to take a little bit of time to unpack this. I think you will be amazed at what's contained in this particular passage of Scripture. And I want you to go with me. If you got your Bibles out, you like to write in them or underline things, I want you to do so. But as we begin to look at this, first of all, let's share the fact that Christ's fame began to really begin to develop throughout the entire area. People came from far and wide just to hear Jesus speak. What a wonderful thing. And the Bible said that people pressed him. Notice that verse uh, number, uh, they said that people pressed him in verse number one. And why? Because they wanted to hear the word of God. They were anxious, eager to hear the word of God. Wouldn't it be absolutely fantastic that when you wake up, all of a sudden you begin to think, wow, I want to hear what the Lord really has to say. Luke chapter number 21, verse 38 says, And the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. John chapter 8, 32 says, And we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. I like the fact that we can hear the word of God. I was privileged as a young boy and also a young man to sit under the ministry from time to time of the greatest man that I believe other than the apostle Paul and Jesus Christ when it came to preaching the word of God. His name was Billy Graham. And as Billy Graham ministered the word of God, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people filled great auditoriums around the world just to listen to this man. Why? Because he ministered the word of God. And if you go and if any of you, how many had the privilege of hearing Billy Graham? Let me see your hands. God bless you. If you remember as he, as he would minister, Billy Graham simply preached the word of God. It was the simple word of God. A young person could understand it. A child could understand it. And that's why thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people came to find the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Why? Because there was a hunger to hear the word of God. Not philosophy, not somebody's idea. They wanted to hear what God had to say. And when they come and flock for thousands and thousands to be able to hear it. I believe it's absolutely fantastic that we have a hunger to hear the word of God. When you get to a place where you can't wait to get up in the morning to have your devotions. Or you can't wait at night to have your devotions. Why? Because you open up the Bible. And it's a marvelous what you begin to discover as God begins to reveal himself unto you. Thousands upon thousands did that. I can't linger there because verse number two says that there were empty ships standing by a lake. And Jesus came by the lake and began his ministry. And the Bible said that the fishermen had gone out of the ship. Why? Well, it was very simple. They had worked all night and they caught nothing. They had labored and labored and labored and absolutely caught nothing. That's why they were standing there washing their nets. They had caught nothing. You know, I think about that many times. I think of churches in the generation, the time we live in. There are many churches that are closing their doors. Why? Why? Because they worked the area and they caught nothing. 
and there's nothing there and they begin to close down doors. But I'm telling you what happened on this particular day. These fishermen had worked hard and they caught nothing. They were unhappy. I mean, how would you feel if you worked hard all night and didn't catch anything? You know what nothing is? Nothing. It didn't say that they caught a little bit. It said they caught nothing. Now imagine that. They did not catch one fish all night long. They caught nothing. They were absolutely uh, unhappy. They worked hard. Many people do to try to win souls. And how many times have you come up empty and thought, my God, maybe I'm working in the wrong field. Maybe I'm working at the wrong place. Uh, Maybe I'm not doing the way it it should be done. And the Bible said they began to wash their nets. Now, listen, they wouldn't mind washing their nets if they had caught something. But they were washing their nets and they had not caught anything. You know what washing your nets means? It means finished. It means they've stopped. It means they're not doing any more. It could also mean unblessed labor. They had worked and worked and nothing happened. The Bible says in verse number three concerning the fact that Jesus entered into the ship. He asked Simon if he could and he said, enter into the ship and he did. It always makes a difference when Jesus gets into the ship. Amen? Amen. It always makes the difference too. When Jesus gets in our churches. I'm afraid to say in many of the churches, they go through the formalities, but Jesus is not there. You know, there's a scripture in the Revelation where it shows Jesus knocking on the door. And I know that most people say that's the door of the heart. But I believe in many places, Jesus knocking on the doors of churches, trying his best to get in. You know, and they won't let him in. But thank be to God, Jesus always is welcome here. Amen. Do you welcome Jesus here? Always welcome in our house. Amen. Bible said that Jesus entered into the ship. And when he entered into the ship, he ministered unto the people. Someone said, well, notice it said, Christ taught the people out of the ship. Verse number three. He taught the people out of the ship. Somebody said, what did he say? I don't know. It didn't take the time to record it. Luke never did record what he said. But you can be guaranteed one thing. He was sharing God's word. He was sharing the way that their lives can change. He was sharing the way that they can have a brand new life. He shared with them different things that can happen to them. That's why the people flocked to hear him, what he had to say. That's why he had to move off the shoreline a little bit to be able to preach because they wanted to hear him what Jesus said. And then when he had finished ministry, he said something to Peter that, uh, well, probably didn't said exactly right at first. Now take this. Peter worked all night. Didn't catch anything, washing his nets. And then notice in verse number four, Jesus tells him, let's do it again. Wow. Wow. Notice what it said. Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a drought. Notice what he said. First thing he said to Peter, launch out. Second thing he said, into the deep. Third thing he said was, let it down your nets. But he also shared with them during that period of time, that verse, of what the results is going to be. He just did not leave them and saying, let's just do that. He told them what the results is going to be. Now, listen, if you knew positively, absolutely, that what the results is going to be, if you had the opportunity to do this, would you not do it? If someone said to you, I guarantee you that you will get $1 million if you walk across this platform 
How many would walk across the platform? The rest of you are dumb. Right. I mean, absolutely. If I guaranteed that man said, give me, I'll give you a million dollars to walk across there. I would not walk, I'd run. I'd get busy running to get there. Why? Because I want the million dollars. You see, Jesus told him exactly what was going to take place. Notice the first thing he said, launch out. In other words, let's do it again. You know what Jesus was saying to Peter? Simple. Trust me. That's what he said. Trust me. Sometimes it's hard to trust God. I know that. I mean, when you're going through major issues, when you don't have any food on your table, and God says he's going to provide you food, it's hard sometimes to trust him. When you prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and, and God, and you know that the answer hasn't come yet, it's hard to trust him. When you lose your job in a position, it's hard to trust him. But you know, there's a song I used to sing, he never failed me yet. Every problem he has met, I cannot fail the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, if he said he would do it, he's going to do it. And we have to learn the secret of really trusting him. And so he simply said to Peter, trust me, all right? Trust me. Let's do it again. Launch out. Then the second thing he said was into the deep. You notice that? He said, go into the deep. In other words, get away from the shoreline. I mean, you want to go someplace where you can really catch the fish, not just playing safe and hanging close to the shoreline. It's like some people that really want to swim, but what do they do? They never get out. They hang on to the side. It's only sometimes when somebody throws them into the deep end that they actually learn how to swim, right? I don't know about you, but, that's, but thank God no one did that to me. Throw me in the deep end. But I, I, I believe that out in the deep is where it really, really is. But some people always just want them to be safe. They want to hang as close as they can to the shoreline. If everyone had been safe and not had ventured out and take a chance, I mean, we wouldn't even have America. I mean, Christopher Columbus, he hadn't taken a chance and, and allowed Spain to support him. We would have never had America. Why? Because he launched out beyond what his eyes could see and had discovered this great nation that you and I are privileged to be able to live in today. Take a chance. Have faith. Sometimes we really have to have the faith. We cannot catch many fish if we're just sitting on the pier. But we have to begin to take a chance and get out there. I think churches and I think businesses and I think many others need to take a chance and begin to do some things. I mean, everybody's trying to be safe. Everyone trying their best not to venture out. But hey, let me tell you something. If we had not taken a chance and ventured out, this building would have never been here. All right? This building would have never been here if a little small congregation had not decided that God wanted them to be up here and we would have never been here. And then the third thing he said to Peter, let down your net. You notice he said, let down your nets, plural. Let down your nets. Simply he was saying again, do it again. Nets never in, uh, have any fish in them in the boat. They have to be thrown out of the boat. You know, we times, many times we come to church and you've heard it over and over again. We need to win souls for Christ. But can I tell you, we are not able to win souls in the church. We have to win the souls outside of the church. There's where we go fishing. We have to begin to take a chance and go beyond these walls and begin to minister for Christ. I'm sorry to say, and I'm not speaking to you, all right, because I'll turn my back to make sure you understand that. I'm sorry to say that there are many people 
that do not like to come to church and they do not and the only time they do come to church is on Sunday. Now there's some people that love to come to church, but the only time they come to church and be church is on Sunday. But Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, is just the preparation time for you to be able to go beyond these walls and begin to reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give the Lord a peace appreciation. Amen. <laughs> Verse number five. Verse number five. Peter said, we have toiled all night. We have toiled all night. We've already worked this area. We have toiled all night. Why do you think Peter lacked the faith? After all, he had seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law. Why did he lack the faith? You may not realize this, but that was one of the first times that Peter ever knew Christ. He hadn't had a long experience with Christ. You begin to read it. His first experience, as so far as the Bible is concerned, is when he, his mother-in-law was healed in his house. And the second time is when he was kind of meeting Jesus there and he was washing his nets. Now, Jesus said, long shout. I mean, sure, he healed his mother-in-law and sure, he's heard about all the miracles, but he still lacked faith. Why? It could have been he lacked faith because he thought the, thought the timing was unfavorable. I mean, after all, those guys always fished at night. They always got their best fishing done at night. And this was day, simply what he was saying, Lord, this is not the best time to go fishing, all right, in his mind. Uh, maybe this guy wants us to do it again, but this is not the best time because, after all, we're experienced fishermen, and, and we understand and we know this is not the best time. I've heard many people say in this age that, hey, the good times have passed. The old, when we really began to have the old-fashioned revivals and all the things that used to take place, and, and this is not a good time to be able to do things for God. Can I tell you it is? The days of revival is not over. The days, Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday and what? Forever. Say it again. Forever. The same Jesus that did miracles back then, the same Jesus did miracles when I was a child, is the same miracles that, that he can do today. He can do anything he desires to do. Why? We have to learn to trust him. This is not the day that we're going to slack down. This is a great day to live for Jesus. I am glad that I am alive at this generation because I see many people being led to the Lord Jesus Christ and lives being changed. And you say, well, I haven't seen them. You haven't been in the right place. All right. Now, notice also, maybe he was discouraged and didn't have the faith because he thought the place seemed unfavorable. After all, they had worked that area out there, and they had got nothing. They had worked that area. How many people have you heard it say, this is the wrong location? Yeah. I remember when we built this church here, three miles from where we were. We were in the heart of Glen Burnie. We came out to here in this area where there was hardly any houses. Now, folks, there were not the houses across the way. They were not houses over there. They were just a little few houses back in 1983 when we came out here. I heard people say to me many times, why are you going out there? That is, that is not a place to go. You're, you're not going to be able to make it if you go out there. But I, can you, I tell you, where God tells you to go is where you are to go, all right? 
Let, let me say that again. When God tells you to go someplace, you are to go someplace. I don't have time to tell you about the miracles that took place for us being here. Some of you know that miracle. And, and in a few weeks, a few days, yeah, a few weeks, we're going to come up to, to our 40th anniversary of being in this location. But let me t- give God appreciation for that. Amen. I think that's absolutely fantastic. But, but I remember so very clearly that people said, well, you can't get anything there. Can I tell you, when we came to this place here, people came from all over. I mean, they came from Westminster. They came from New, uh, Mount Airy. They came, a uh, family came even from Frederick. would died, drive down here on Sunday mornings to be able just to come to worship God at this church. Why? Because the word of God was being ministered here at the church. And they began to say, when you walk on the ground, you could feel the very presence of Almighty God. Why? Because God said this was the place to be, and we were at the place to be. And when you allow God to get you in the place you want to be, God's going to allow your spirit, his spirit to begin to flow through your life too. Can you give the Lord appreciation for that? Amen. Amen and amen. <laughs> Not a place to be. I, I, I thought about what I was prepared earlier thinking about it. Um, God can do a lot of good things in places. When I grew up as a little boy, I grew up in a neighborhood that entertains you a lot. I lived in Baltimore City, all right? And it was an entertaining place. How many grew up in the city? You know what I'm talking about. On the block where I was, there was a bar here, a bar here, a bar here, and a bar here. There were four bars in one block, two on one side of the street, two on the other side of the street. As kids, we could not wait to Friday to come. Because Friday, when these guys would all come and take their checks and throw them in, you know, in these bars and spend everything... And they would get loaded. You know what I'm talking about when I say loaded. They would entertain us. All right. They would always entertain us. Because somebody said, well, hey, so what's that? If bars can be in one block, churches could be in one block. I don't care if they build a church across the street from here. God has us people that comes to this church. He has people that go to that church. God has given a lot of churches. I don't care how many churches are built, but if they allow the Spirit of God to come in and the Word of God to be ministered, they'll begin to pack out the churches. And I believe that with all of my heart. And if you believe that with me also, give the Lord appreciation. All right? Well, it wasn't favorable. Now here, let me give this. i got to hurry. I, 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 hmm. But... <laughs> He may have thought also, Christ may not have, he may have thought, said, well, wait a minute. He's asking us to launch down to the deep. He's not a fisherman. He's a teacher. I mean, what does he know about fishing? He may not be a fisherman, but he knew where the fish were. Man, when the creator of all creations created it and placed it there, he knew exactly where the fish were. I think problem with some people is the fact that they don't think that everybody knows what they know. They think that they, if they worked it and they've done it and it, should, and it didn't work, then they can't get it done. But I'm here to tell you if you'll listen to some people. Can you tell, I, let me tell you this too. What, some of the best advice you can get sometimes is from kids. I'll pause a moment with that. I mean, some of the smartest things in the world that's ever been said to you comes through the mouth of a kid. Child, excuse me, correct. What happened? God can use anything. Matter of fact, he used a jackass one time to speak until one prophet he wasn't doing things right. God can use anyone, but we need the secret is learning to listen to what is being said. 
And just because you can't make it doesn't mean it can't be done. Just say that with me. Just because you can't make it doesn't mean it can't be done. All right, let's look at verse number five again, all right? And the Bible said, Peter said, at thy word, I will let down the net. Christ said, nets. He said, I'll let down the net. When Christ asks us to do something, ladies and gentlemen, we need to do it the way that Christ said, do it. Peter let down the net again. Even though he may not have thought anything was going to happen. It's time to do like Peter said. At thy word, I will let down the net. Notice, he said, at thy word. There were two ships. One carried Jesus out into the deep. Jesus said, let down the nets. The other was still on the shoreline. When Peter let down the net, along with his partners, the Bible said it began to have a great multitude of fishes. Verse number six, enclosed a great multitude of fishes. Where was the other one? Standing on the shoreline, still empty. When Christ is in the ship, it makes a difference. Can I tell you that God has blessed us with a great pastor who shares the word of God week after week. And I'm here to tell you that God is going to begin to fill this building like you've never seen it filled for a week before. We've seen it, some of us have packed out many times, but I'm here to believe that God is going to see it filled over and over again. Why? Because he is in the ship. He is in the house. He is in there, and we're letting down the nets, just like he said. Enclose a great multitude of fishes. And what happened? They said they're beckoning unto the others to come and help them. We can't do this by ourselves, folks. We really can't. We need your help. I mean, if we're really going to be able to fill the ship, we need your help. We need to have faith in the fact that if Jesus said, let's do it, then let's do it. And when Peter let down one net, when the Lord told, told him to let, let down nets, plural. Why did he only get a sufficient amount? Why? Because he only had one net. But when they began to fill, he had to call the others to come and partner with him. We can get more done if we would learn to partner together. What happened with Peter? <laughs> Peter was so excited. And so thrilled over it, you know. But as I begin to say that, I, I think too, you know, we need to think big. How many believes that? We need to think big. I mean, if you think big, things is going to happen. If you think small, that's what's going to take place. But you began to anticipate what God has said he's going to do. And I believe with all of my heart, he's going to do it and bless us. Now, I, I've got to bring his message to a close. I'm not finished, but I've got to bring it to a close. But listen to me, all right? If you'll notice very carefully in verse number 8, what does it say? It said that Peter fell down at Jesus' knees and said, depart from me, I'm a simple person. You have witnessed the conversion of the apostle Peter, who later became one of the greatest, greatest men, who stood on the day of Pentecost and preached to thousands. Where did he get saved? Where did he give his heart to God? right there on his knees in that boat. We never know where God's going to bring us to him. There have been many ways that you have gotten places you have gotten saved. If I was asked you this morning, you would say, well, it happened in school. Well, it happened here. It happened in my bathroom. It happened in my shower. You know, it, it happened when this evangelist ministered. It happened when Billy Graham ministered. It, it just happened. But when God brings you to a place where he shows you and reveals to you his love, what happened? Peter realized that day. I made a mistake. I should have had fish, nets instead of a net. I should have thrown more down. 
Lord, I'm a simple man. Why? Because he was astonished. He could not believe what Christ has done. Can I tell you, God can do so many things, it's unbelievable. But he needs us, his hands, to be able to do the work of the kingdom. I gave you, well, you were given when you came in, this card. Everybody get out your card and hand it, throw it, let me look at it, come on. Get out your cards. I want to make sure you have them, all right? Pastor, why do we have these cards? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm glad you asked. These cards are for you to begin to throw out your net. There are 10 slots here. What I'm asking you to do is to stop and think about 10 different people that you can bring to church. I'm not asking you to take them from other churches. I'm asking you to get people, 10 people. Your neighbor, maybe the clerk at your, at your store, maybe the person that's uh, at the gas station, you know, filling station, I guess I'll call it gas station. That's the old term. But whoever it is, 10 people. And what I'd like to see you do, if you be willing to do it, and if you allow God to really move on your heart, and I'm a realist, all right? I don't want to walk in this building and see one card laid in the floor. All right? Because a lot of times people say, oh, I don't have time for this. This is God's call for you. Ten people. One a week for the next ten weeks. Write down ten names and then invite that person. Number one, start on Harold Bowman's birthday next Sunday. And bring, bring it. That's a hint. But, and, and bring the person to church. All right? On that birthday. Matter of fact, you can even say I'm bringing a person to church on Harold Bowman's birthday. All right? Or then, and then begin to bring one a week. And in 10 weeks, you have brought 10 people to church. But can I tell you, for all the 10 that comes, there's 10. If you bring one, there's 10 more possibilities that they will bring. And that's how God is going to use us to begin to grow our church. You know, it's not the number. People say you're always interested. No. The more people that come to church, the more opportunities they hear the word of God. The more opportunities they can give their hearts and lives to God. Won't you be really, really excited if one of the friends that you bring to church gives their heart to God and you can be, and in heaven it's recorded that you were responsible of bringing them to church, that they heard the word of God when they came to church. And this is how you can do it, by simply writing it down. You say, now, no, you don't have to do it right now. You can do it as you go home or when you get home, but do it. And for you that are watching online, you can also write that. Take a list and write 10 of them down. And each week over the next 10 weeks, invite one of them to, to listen to, with you for the service next week. And if you're close enough, bring them to church. That's where you need to be anyway, that close, all right? And bring them to church. This is how we need to do it. I believe with all of my heart that if we begin to fish for Christ and become fishermen. Now, let me tell you what happened at the end of this message, all right? Here it is. I'm finishing it up. I'll finish the end of it. The verses that we didn't read. The verses we didn't read was simply this. And Peter and James and John left their nets and they began to follow Jesus. They were so thrilled and excited. And Peter gave a conversion right there that the Bible said they left their nets and they followed Jesus. They became disciples. Can I tell you, there's two things I think of many times. When a child is born, many times I look at that child and I think maybe this will be the next Billy Graham. 
Maybe this will be the next Billy Graham. That's why I hate abortion so bad. And then number two, when I look at this, I begin to realize that that person that came to Christ may become the next person that gives another person a chance who may become a great worker for Jesus Christ. Everyone doesn't have to fill the pulpit. We need some great teachers. We need ushers. We need people on the sound. We need people singing. All of it is so vitally important. And you can be responsible to bring in people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that has been extended to me today to be able to share your word. And I pray as the music they begin to play, and I forgot to ask them to come back in, but I pray that as they come back in, God, that you will move upon the, each of our hearts. And as they share the music, I pray, God, that they, you will be able to speak to the hearts and lives of those that are sitting here in the congregation today and those that are listening to me online. I pray, God, that they receive something out of this message that may be encouraging to them. I realize, too, God, that there are people that come here that are hurting. I mean, really hurting. And a message like this sometimes doesn't really minister to them, but I want you to minister to them. And I want the music that they're going to play minister to them. And I pray that they will realize the fact that you are a God that loves them and that you're going to take care of them, that you're going to bless them, and that they're willing to launch out in faith and trust you, that you're going to minister to their needs. You said you would supply our need according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. And God, you told us, asking it to be given, seek, we'll find, knock it to be open unto us, that you would be there for us. And God, for those that are going through difficult times, you said, weep, you may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I ask you, God, that you will minister to all the lives that are here. And as the prayer team comes up this morning and finds their place, we do not want to close the service out without giving you an opportunity to be able to come and kneel at an altar or come and be prayed for. Come and bring your needs to God and let God begin to minister to you. These are great people that have prayed and seek the face of God and they stand here representing him. There are God's hand extended to you. That's exactly what we are. God's hands extended to you. And we want you this morning, if you have a need, to come and share with, with these that are here. And they will take the time to pray for you. I believe God is going to minister to you in, in a very special way. And maybe you're hurting this morning and you need someone to help you. I believe God is going to do that. I'll be, they're going to be singing and then Pastor Kerry's coming back or, or one of them to close out the service. But let me give you a special thing to pray for if you would. I'd appreciate very much you pray for the Bowman family. My brother left yesterday evening, had the marvelous privilege of being introduced to Jesus Christ and see him face to face. He left us, you, many of you have asked concerning him, and I want to make that mention to you that he has now been promoted to heaven and he's seeing Jesus face to face. You say, Pastor, does that make you sad? Yeah, part of it, but it makes me happy too because I know he's not suffering in a body and now he's with the Lord and he's getting to see him face to face. Sometimes I get jealous of the fact, you know, I get jealous of the fact that I, I like to see him face to face. And, and many times we mourn over things, but I want to see Jesus face to face and that's where he is. So this week as we go through the process of doing the things we have to do and showing honor and things, not we have to do, but we want to do, showing honor to him, then just remember the woman family. Will you do that? Right now as you stand together, everyone standing together, you that have need, would you come? And will you come on down here and have them pray as they sing this morning? Do it, please.